You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I'm happy to have you ride with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We had Mac Brown Mondays, Mac Mondays like we love to call them here. Cor- Coordinators Corner, what did the guys say about the Duke game? Let's talk about it. More importantly, what are they looking forward to as they play Wake Forest this Saturday? We got your Wake Forest preview. What does the team look like now? What did they look like back then when they put a hurting on us last year, winning, going up 21 points? But of course, Sam Howell came back in the fourth quarter like he always does, giving us heart attacks like he always does, but coming up short. So what can the Tar Heels do in order to ensure that we don't experience that again this year? Finally, we're going to talk about men's basketball countdown. As we're gearing up, the ACC schedule is released today, so I'm going to let you know just where and when you can find your Tar Heels this season. All right, let's jump right into a Duke-UNC recap. We've got players of the game offense went to the offensive line the entire line obviously was praised for giving and creating holes for Michael Carter and Javante Williams all day giving Sam time to throw during the game it was just amazing to see you know Jordan Tucker was down didn't get as many plays as we would hope but he's getting back healthy and you know kudos to the guys rest of the guys for stepping up in that way we also had defensively Jeremiah Gimmel winning the offensive or the defensive player of the game having a great time out there and you know Chasrat also coming away with some strong numbers but Jeremiah was the team vote special teams wise Josh Henderson who plays on all four special teams really had a day so kudos to those fellas for making sure that Carolina went away with a victory now, much better second quarter than usual. Played the younger guys sooner, and the game was out of hand. Coach Mac Brown was just extremely excited to grow from a win. I think oftentimes Carolina has struggled to bounce back, or they dominate, as we've seen this season, dominate teams, especially in-state rivals after coming off a tough loss. But learning to grow in these wins and let it become a habit, I think, is something that Coach Mac Brown still wants to see from the squad. Saying, quote, I think it has a lot to do with it again it's life we don't have any choice the best teams learn to play every week with intensity now two of these three games we've got subs to a lot of people so we should be more fresh after those games but still it's emotional build-up for a state game and it's emotional build-up for a duke game and that spends a lot of our players but we're trying to tell them in life's lessons and a lot of bankruptcies come right after you have your best year and people get a little relaxed why do people not win championships year in and year out? Why do they win one year and the next year they're not quite as good? Well, it's partly because people all want to beat them and they circle them. But the other thing is that you don't all do the little things quite as well right after you're satisfied and we can't be satisfied. We've got to coach them harder this week when we did last week and act like the, they lost the game very honestly. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. I think because they're riding high on this dominant performance of Duke, it's great. But that should let them know just how incredible they are, right? 
we that should be a we should have known that as a happenstance like oh yeah we're playing duke duke obviously is not the duke of old or this rival game is not going to be what we thought because we have that kind of talent on the field on all cylinders so we should be firing from all cylinders and it's just you know another day at the office so i'm hoping as they go into wake forest realizing that wake forest is coming off four game win streak they are not a duke right they are not a state that we have to win all three, you know, we want to win all three in the state uh, championship, if you consider it that, or win all the games from your in-state rivals. In order to do that, you have to play as if you're going up against a Virginia Tech. The way you got up, the way you felt sick about having to go into six overtimes last year against Virginia Tech and you wanted that revenge, you had to feel that revenge from this game going into Wake Forest because they had you down. They punched you in the mouth early. They kept their foot on their necks, and we, they were able to capitalize. Can you step up the same way you did for Duke and get it done? So those are the kind of questions that will certainly be asked of the heels this weekend. Now, looking at Wake Forest versus UNC Saturday will be another noon game at Keenan Stadium. Bo Corrales and Storm Duck will still not play. Of course, it's being frustrating for our secondary, as we know we need help. You know, obviously, Dede Hollins and Patrice Renee did an excellent job, but you know, something about Storm, I just think he is a great player and we wish to have him back. Bo Corrales again, he is my Greg Olson of the team. He is just whenever we need that third and long, he is the guy I want to go to. Garrett Walson has certainly stepped up in that tight end role, but having the wide receiver, a tall wide receiver going up for those 50-50 balls, Bo Corrales would be great to grab. Now, Wake Forest is 2-0, considering last year heading into this game. Jamie Newman beat us with his legs. Wake Forest leads the whole series 7-5 to five against the last 12 matchups. So they've won four straight, beating UVA and Virginia Tech. They had a tough go with NC State, their first game of the season, and then they've just been rolling ever since. They develop talent. They work hard. A lot of what Coach Mac Brown says in terms of the coaching staff there is, you know, they don't get the top recruits every year, but they, they do well with what they have. And I think that speaks a lot to what Wake Forest football is trying to do and getting back in good graces. So hopefully we'll get it done, but we'll, we're going to have to, you know, have to come up, step up and perform as we did last Saturday. Now we look at the coaches coordinator corner, say that three times fast. And coach Phil Longo came up to the podium, talked about, you know, what he liked from his offense over the weekend and what he hopes to see from them as they head into another game saying he compared Javante Williams with DK Metcalf, the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver who's having a phenomenal year, who's growing a lot. He played at Ole Miss and, you know, in terms of growth and improvement, he just feels like Javante is growing into his craft. He is growing the confidence to play. He, you know, speaks of Javante being a guy who just comes to work, get his job done, not very vocal, not a big talker, but at the end of the day, you know he's going to step up. He has the mental mindset of he feels like nobody can tackle him, which he should because damn near ain't nobody really been able to tackle him. Javante Williams, fun stat, became the first player in the ACC this century with 150-plus rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown in the game. I'm not a huge stat girl because I feel like at the end of the day you know it's cool but I'm sure Javante just wants to win <laughs> he seems like that guy like listen as long as we're winning as long as we're balling out like awards and all that extra stuff is cool but you know I don't need it but it's so nice to see guys in that role who are stepping up from you know not just being the guys who you think will be decent but not only decent now they are dominating right and so Carolina football has struggled with having a dominant 
you know, running back, a dominant receiver, just at any time you give it to them, they're going to show out. And I just, it's great to finally get that for the Tar Heels. Now, in order to really figure out how we're going to beat Wake Forest, we got to look back at the Duke game. You know, Duke obviously had some solid rushing defense, the quick triggers. You know, they were able to get the release of Sam Howell. They didn't waste time. And I appreciate that of Longo speaking to that and how the offensive line just honestly, at the end of the day, did their jobs. The center performed. Everybody, you know, blocked who they needed to block. They didn't allow for Sam to really get flustered, which is what the offensive line is going to have to do against Wake Forest. Carolina will have to protect the ball, especially from guys like Boogie Basham Jr., who will give the offensive line certainly a test come Saturday. Now, when we look from the defense side we've got coach Bateman who's crediting guys for doing their jobs again executing during the Duke game but he also you know talks about learning from losses you learn from hard tough battles as pretty much Carolina's defense was put on front street against Virginia and learning to apply that with you've got to learn how to apply wins so wanting to coach him harder now that you've beat Duke and you've dominated like you still didn't do everything great right and he said before when he used to coach this team when he first came here guys would be like oh coach why are you so mad like we won but like no you're making mistakes still and I think now a lot of the younger guys are you know tapping in and realizing that there's always ways to get better there's always ways to improve there's no such thing as a perfect game unless you're you know you uh shut out and that didn't happen so there they gave up some big runs there are things to still clean up because while that will happen for a duke you know where you get to be able to you know, tackle not tackle somebody but contain somebody that will not happen against a wake forest chase bryce is not sam hartman sam hartman is not going to have <laughs> trouble the same way chase bryce is so you're going to have to execute good if not better than you did Saturday now speaking of Wake Forest Sam Hartman he's extremely accurate according to coach Bateman and he has great execution he has coach Bateman has known him a long time since his high school playing days and you know again we know what we're up against we know that he's going to find Sam Hartman's going to find a way to get things done so Carolina's going to have to be on his A game especially when it comes to that secondary he also mentioned facing his old uh, coaching buddy Warren Ruggiero who came from they both came from Elon together, talked about the improvement of the offense. He attributes that a lot to Ruggiero and how they have kept the game clean offensively. They don't turn the ball over. They don't make a lot of mistakes. And that is something that Carolina certainly does plenty for everyone. So let's dive into Wake Forest more and talk about this team and what they are going to bring come Saturday. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you download, subscribe to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts available on all platforms. Again, leave a five stars, leave a review, all that good stuff. I certainly appreciate it. Now we're talking about Wake Forest and Carolina game Saturday at noon at Keenan. The number one team in the country when it comes to turnover ratio, they don't turn the ball over. That would be Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. 
slightly worrisome for a UNT team that can that struggles to create and force turnovers easily on the defensive side of the ball. Sam Hartman has not thrown one reception all year. So when you look at going from Duke, where Chase Bryce was a walking interception, you go to Sam Hartman, who pretty much never gives the ball over. So <laughs> different team, different mindset. They are number two in penalties. They do not make penalties. They play clean ball. They don't make mental mistakes, which again is a little worrisome because UNC tends to get in its own way a bit and create some penalties. As we saw over the weekend, we had a couple questionable calls when it came to the defense of roughing the passers, which, you know, nowadays you can barely like give the quarterback a high five and you'll get a penalty calls. So, you know, that's there in that, but Carolina is going to have to create some turnovers. They are, that's something that we've struggled with all season, whether it is being able to get interceptions, pick sixes, pick two, something, you know, we need that on a consistent basis, fumble recoveries, all that good stuff. We're going to have to get Wake Forest flustered. Now, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons will look to build off their four-game winning streak after a 38-14 win over Syracuse last time out. Sam Hartman has thrown over 1,200 yards and four touchdowns on 62% passing, while Kenneth Walker, their tough running back, leads Wake in rushing with 528 rushing yards, as well as Christian Beale-Smith, who has 472 yards on the year. Jaquarrell Robertson leads on the receiving front, Wake Forest, with 33 grabs for 490 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns. So nothing to snuff at. Again, when you look and compare our numbers, we obviously have some stronger guys when it comes to weapons, but we've always known that, right? We all Can we utilize those guys? Can we know our offense is not the issue? Now, defensively, though, Wake Forest – uh, puts up an at sorry, I don't mean defensively, I meant to say still offensively. Wake Forest puts up an average 37 points per game, which again is going to make me a little nervous considering this UNC defense has trouble stopping the run and they still can't control themselves when it comes up when it comes to giving the big plays. So we're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to dig in somebody's tail all game and I hope that they do it early and I hope they do it often now defensively here we go Jaquez Williams leads Wake Forest with 48 tackles including a team high 28 solo tackles while Nick Anderson has three interceptions and Carlos Basham Jr. has team high five sacks so Basham has been some a name that has been repeated by coach Brown coach Bateman and coach Longo and I think it's just going to be very interesting to see how that man handle Sam Howell on Saturday. I am hoping that our offensive line can put up yet another dominant performance and give Sam time to throw. But I also hope that Sam, you know, if he doesn't see the big play or he can't quite get off what he wants, either throw checks it down to Javante or Michael, or he just throws it away and we live to see another play. Now, some key returners, they have about eight guys, you know, Demon Deacons that will stay and give Carolina a long day. So listen, when when you, when you have veteran leadership, it always makes for an interesting time. So I'm hoping that Carolina can get it done. But as we look into the rest of the week, we've got to make sure that we let's hear from coaches from the other side of the ball. We give more in-depth 
we have more in-depth conversation about Wake Forest and what they'll bring. And more importantly, the five key observations that we always drop on Friday to see what are things that Carolina's going to have to do in order to get the victory on Saturday. We're going to have Coach Brown's midweek interview that he loves to provide for us as he has, you know, Tuesdays of hard practice. How can we then, what are we looking like? Are we looking like we're going to have to, you know, tighten some things up? And, you know, I always am curious if, the players watch these interviews with the press. I, you know, I know they have a lot to do. They obviously have school, they have, you know, film they have to watch, but you know, when coaches talk about these guys and like, Oh, well he needs to get up a little bit more. We're hoping to get him back. We're hoping to get him healthy. Like I wonder if these guys watch or they get hear back from family members or somebody talking about, Oh, coach talked about you today, said you need to step up. You had a week practice or whatever, what have you. And I'm, you know, curious if guys use that as fuel to like bounce back. Like, yeah, man, coach talked about me. So I'm going to step up more or they're, just like you know all right coach you can chill on you know mentioning my name and what have you but who who really knows what goes on through a college football player's head these days honestly they've got a lot of life to deal with so let's just you know hope they get a good strong midweek report grade feeling good hope Mac Brown feels good about where the guys are at and then we can go into Saturday feeling good about the conversation because again Carolina and Wake Forest always seems to be an Achilles heel on our side. I just, I want the Tar Heels to just sweep the in-state games and just go ahead and take one off so we can go in the grocery store wearing our, you know, nail you up on Monday, feeling good about ourselves and that be that. So that is Carolina football action for the day. Obviously we are going to keep moving as the week goes because we're getting ready for game day. Seasons are still here, but basketball is alive and well and we want to have that conversation because Carolina basketball is ranked yet again. But what does that mean? Do you feel confident about Carolina basketball this season? Do you feel and trust your young guys? Are we feeling the freshman hot? Like, you know, sometimes we're just like better in leadership, better in leadership. But nowadays with diaper dandies, people want and one and dunners were sometimes like, oh, well, you don't even get time to really have uh veteran leadership but hopefully we can see some improvement this season with Garrison Brooks and other guys trying to lead a Carolina team that struggled mightily last year and you know we want to win more than 14 games I think we're capable of that and hopefully when they reach that benchmark we'll have like a nice head nod birthday cake or something to celebrate the fact that we've gotten over that hump but let's talk about these Carolina uh, Tar Heels and what they will do on the court this season. Last segment of the day, you know, our Priceless Gym segment where we talk about good things, big things happening for Carolina athletics. And, you know, we obviously want to make sure that we harp on the fact that basketball season is right around the corner. And we hope that you guys are gearing up. If you have a perfect Carolina tradition that you do for every game, let me know what that is. At Candace D. Cooper, at Locked on Heels, how do you prepare for basketball season? Do you have a certain jersey that you wear every game? Do you make sure that you buy this, eat the same meal? you sit in the same seat you know especially this year do you have a seat on the couch do you have a recliner what do you do in order to get ready for game day especially if you watch at home because we know we're gonna have not as many people attend games this year if you've had a favorite moment in Carolina basketball history that you got to witness whether it be on tv or live let me know at locked on heels tell me what has been most exciting for you with your time with Carolina basketball have you been to a Carolina Duke game have you seen you know Michael Jordan in person let's throw it back there have you seen Vince Carter have you seen Jerry Stackhouse, you know, take it down. Rasheed Wallace, all the stars that we could name all day long. But, you know, let me know. Let's have this conversation. Let's build this family together as we talk about the good times and good vibes and energy as we gear up for basketball season. Now, ACC basketball finds 
four of its teams in the AP Top 25 poll. Number four, Virginia. Number nine, Duke. And number 16, UNC. Number 21, FSU, which is a great thing. ACC basketball back in the top conversation, as it really always is. Number four, Virginia, which... You know, again, I told y'all I'm not really a Virginia fan, but it's fine. Number nine, Duke. Again, not really a Duke fan, but it's fine. (laughs) But I'm glad to see Carolina back in the conversation, despite the fact that they've had such a tough go last year. Now, the ACC will have plans to have its annual ACC Operation Basketball event, which all the coaches come down. You have a player from each team representing, coming to talk. And, of course, it looks differently this year because of COVID-19, so they won't have, you know, the in-person media row and all that good stuff. But it'll still be an exciting time to hear about, hear from each team and just how excited they are for this season. So it'll be held starting this Wednesday, November 11th. It'll be televised by the ACC Network both on the 11th and on the 12th. The ACC Operation Basketball will air from 7 to 9 both evenings. The head coach from each of the 15 ACC men's basketball programs will be featured on one of the two nights uh, as part of the panel interviews hosted by ACC Network's uh, Kelsey Riggs. Coach Williams will be on Wednesday. So if you're looking on to cheer or whatever you do you want to talk to Roy in your head fine he'll be on Wednesday during set at 7 9 during one of the segments so that'll be that Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go gives me the kick to keep me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, so as we wrap up, I want to make sure I give you guys the ACC basketball schedule. Of course, we are gearing up for yet another exciting season for the Tar Heels. It is going to be fun for the Heels to go travel a little bit, come back home, win some games, go back out, win more games. That's that's what we're going to try to do here for the Tar Heels. Now, December 22nd, the Heels open up against NC State, followed by December 29th at Georgia Tech. January 2nd, they're going to play their first home game, Syracuse. Then January 5th or 6th, they'll play at Miami. January 9th, we've got Clemson. Then January 16th, we are back on the road against Florida State. January 19th through 20th, we have Wake Forest. January 23rd, we'll have the home game against NC State. The 26th or 27th will be in Pittsburgh. Finally, we'll be back home January 30th against Notre Dame. February 2nd or 3rd, you'll have Clemson again at Clemson this time. February 6th, we'll have Duke will be in Durham eight miles down the road, you know, all that good stuff. February 8th, we'll have Miami at home. February 13th, day before Valentine's, but we're feeling no love as we travel to Charlottesville to play Virginia. February 16th and 17th, or 17th, we'll play Virginia Tech. February 20th, we'll play at home against Louisville. February 23rd or 24th, we'll play at Boston College. February 27th, we'll play at home against Florida State. March 1st, we'll play at Syracuse. And then March 6th, we'll end with no one other than our favorite Blue Blood rival, Duke at home. So that is the schedule. It'll be at at 
blocked on heels. If you want to figure out just a visual picture of it, make sure you follow at Candace Cooper. I'll also be retweeting that. But there's your schedule for the ACC men's basketball this year. It's going to be, I mean, listen, when I say you have to get up every game so you cannot wallow in pity, it's night after night you are going up against the best. And we all know, despite the fact that some of these ACC teams aren't ranked, they're going to feel away, right? And they're going to want to spoil some parties for other people. So you have to bring your A game every single night. So that's all I got for you today, guys. Make sure you stay smart, wear a mask out there, and above all else, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.